Welcome to the Lex Buds and Pick and Roll Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Brandon. And with you as always, Tyler. Tyler, you know how excited I am for this episode. We talked for a few minutes before it started. There's going to be some really great stories involving Christmas cards and guns, spanking, and I'm not just talking about UK versus U of L last week, but spanking in Kentucky. And we're going to give out some football awards and so on and so forth. It's going to be exciting. Tyler, I'm pumped. I mean, I, I don't even know where to go after that intro. I mean, spanking, paddling, guns on Christmas cards. We've got fake uh, COVID vaccination cards. Right. It's got everything, baby. This is the full enchilada. This is going to be an awesome show. What episode is this, Tyler, by the way? This is episode 76. We will call this the Philadelphia edition mm. um, because obviously. 76 is an important number in our country's history. How many people do you think know that? How many people do you think know that? When you say, Um, you said the word obviously, Tyler. Now it's obvious to you and I, but how many people do you think know something significant happened with a 76 at the end? I would say most people have no clue why the Philadelphia 76ers are called the Philadelphia 76ers. If, if we're being honest, we need to do a man on the street show for that, but I think it's a good, I think it's a good thing. It's a good title for this episode. And like Tyler said, I mean, there's some great stuff on here, including a former cat uh, using some fakey, fakey vaccination cards and losing a boatload of money because of it. Ouch. But so much, so much stuff. And in the holiday spirit, spirit, we're going to talk about the Home Alone house, Tyler, as well. Well, any episode where we get to talk about Home Alone is I'm, I'm ready. I could talk. I could just do a whole show on Home Alone. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm really pumped about that in and of itself. But uh, it's been a busy week for both you and I, Tyler, I think, right? I think you've had some travels and stuff. So won't you tell me how your week has been thus far before we jump into this with both feet? Well, we are we are doing a, another Zoom episode this week, uh, a Monday night show, as I'm yes. sitting here watching the, the Bills and Patriots play in a, in a blizzard, it appears. That sounds amazing. Uh, because yesterday we got to take our kids on a magical train ride in northern Tennessee, right across the border, on a Polar Express train ride. So they, wow. they basically kind of recreate the Polar Express movie. Which I have you seen Polar Express the movie? Tyler, enough that I could almost recite it, my friend. I've seen it a lot. You know, I got you two could kids. Okay, I was, I was just just making sure. I didn't know if you didn't know if you'd seen it or not. Un- underrated movie, in my opinion, as far as Christmas movies go. Great movie. But uh, so, so yeah, they do the whole. You know, you, you get on the train. They do the the people on the train do the whole song and dance and bring hot chocolate and cookies and then Santa comes on and gives every kid their own little bell to take home with them. Great, it's great. I mean, it's it, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I know. You know, with a five and three year old, you have this small window of opportunity where they still believe in Santa and you can do stuff like this. So it was just cool just to sit and watch them the whole time. Spoiler alert, Tyler. <laughs> Massive Santa spoiler alert. Well, I 
listen, <laughs> I mean, if if you watch the Polar Express, Jeez, you know that some people baby. don't believe in Santa because they oh can't hear the bell. Like the mom oh, and dad think the bell alert is on broken. These things. We may have small children watching this believe. show. That's the whole point got- of Polar Express is that you have to believe. And there are some people who don't believe. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I want to enjoy it while my kids believe. Yeah. Man, you got to let me know. You got to <laughs> let me know, Tyler, before you throw the spoilers out like that. Okay. But, uh, no, I agree with you. That, that sounds like an absolutely amazing experience. That sounds awesome. I'm glad you, glad you got to do that. I'm sure the kids loved it. They were all in. I mean, that's a good time. Perfect age, by the way. Perfect. Yeah, it was. And the, the little town, I mean... You, you can tell that the, the, the town was so proud of, of having the Polar Express. Like every person would come up to you like, hey, you got you guys having a good time? And they'd say, hey, all these people are volunteers. Like nobody gets paid for this. And then they'd be like, we're, we're one of the top ranked Polar Express trains in the country. And of course, now I'm intrigued. I'm like, there's a ranking of Polar there's Express trains? Yes, there's a apparently. ranking. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm very intrigued, you know, to, to see – you know, the top 25, the, the playoff poll comes out, and, and now I'm going to be checking <laughs> the Polar Express polls every week to see yeah, where the one on is. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, adventures with little kids here this weekend, Tyler, I just got back from my son's uh, first basketball practices of the year. For a second, say what? Grade, second grade and fifth grade. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, it's really funny to watch the coach try to wrangle in a group of second graders to run drills. It's very comical. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. And our coach is absolutely amazing. But the amount of patience that one has to just tell the kids to stop picking at each other long enough to run a layup drill is amazing. So you, you don't think you could coach uh, elementary basketball? No, no, it's no, not a snowball's chance in France. I mean, it was crazy. It's like trying to herd cats. You know, they're constantly looking at each other, poking each other, looking down at the floor. And it's just, it's hard. You know, it's a, it's a difficult thing. But uh, we just got back from that this evening. So, very entertaining to watch. And I can't wait for the games to start. Yeah. Did, did you get into man-to-man principles and, and help defense and ball line and, and all those sorts of things in practice today? Yes, I covered it all. So, we should be good to go. <laughs> It'll be just like, a, you know, a Patino team, right? We'll just, we're going to press run a fast-paced offense. Yeah. Or, or as Tubby said, you know, at the beginning of every year that we play like that. And then we, then we We're going to run. Win. We're going to run this year. We're going to run. This is the year. Yeah. Really, it's just going to come down to uh, which kids don't fall down and kill themselves running up and down the court. Though That will dictate who wins the games because it's a cluster, but it should be very fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, Brandon, I say we, we get into – this jam-packed episode. I'm ready. I, I think we start with the biggest UK sports news of the week. We now know the destination for Kentucky football's bowl game. They're going to be traveling to Orlando again for a New Year's Day bowl in the Citrus Bowl. And they will be taking on Mark Stoops' alma mater, the Ooh. Iowa Hawkeyes, which will probably be the big storyline leading up to the game with Stoops going against his old college. Yeah. Brandon, I, I, I'm sure you have done extensive research uh, into Iowa. Uh, so so let me hear, what, what are the keys uh, to the game for Kentucky to have success and to beat the Iowa Hawkeyes? Well, the first thing I think of when I think of Iowa is uh, Saved by the Bell. 
All right. Now, this is going back a little bit, a little bit of trivia. But as you'll all recall, if you're a Saved by the Bell fan, Slater was pressured to go into a military college when he really wanted to go wrestle at Iowa. Right. So he there was that whole episode of him going against his dad to to, uh, to go to Iowa. You remember that, Tyler? That's that's reaching. That's that's a far reach back, my friend. I, so you got I, that. I, of course, remember that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He said, what? his dad says, Iowa, and he says, Iowa, Zach, $10. <laughs> you know, come on. All the old jokes are coming back. But as far as Iowa, I know Stoops played there. Apparently, his uh, father had Stoops' jersey uh, buried with him, which is kind of crazy. So Stoops folded up his Iowa jersey and had it buried with his dad, which you got to think Iowa's pretty important to Mark Stoops, which I think is really the whole story behind all this because the Citrus Bowl – can pick other teams, right? I think they had Arkansas as an option, Texas A&M as an option, yet they chose the Cats. Um, you know, number one, I think, for the fact that we travel a lot. Number two, for the fact that you've got the Mark Stoop storyline and they have something to sell. Uh, people in Kentucky like traveling down to Florida, so it's like a natural thing. You know, if there was a bowl game in Gatlinburg or, or Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, then Kentucky fans would love that just as much. But the third best is Orlando or Florida area. So, uh I don't know. It seems like a good matchup. I'm excited. I was ranked number two in the country at one point. Um, so I don't know. I don't think I think it's a win-win all the way around. It's a great story going into it. And I'm excited to see it all come together and lay a beat down on a, you know, just crappy Iowa team. Their offense sucks. It's absolutely terrible. Their defense is pretty good. So we'll have to show up. But they're if we score 27, 28 points, we should win. Yeah, uh, you you made the Saved by the Bell reference. I, I thought you might go with the 1980s Can't Buy Me Love reference. Of course, you know, Cindy Mancini's boyfriend played football at Iowa. Uh, I thought you might go with, you know, her boyfriend Bobby. Oh, Bobby, what a jerk. He's off what playing football jerk. at Iowa. Oh, I hated that guy. He was such a jerk. <laughs> he was. Um. But as, as far as the actual games, as far as I know, Bobby from Can't Buy Me Love is not on this year's Iowa roster. Um, so I don't think I can name <laughs> an actual player since since Bobby does not count. Yeah, uh, what, I do know, <laughs> what I do know about Iowa, basically what you said, they, they have one of the worst offenses in the country. I think I saw they were averaging um, like four yards a play. Like they, they do yeah. not – they do not move the ball in large chunks. They're, it's not going to be like Tennessee where they're just, you know, getting 75, 80-yard touchdowns. They are going to attempt to move the ball. They're going to try to just gain three or four yards at a time. And Kentucky's been pretty good against teams like that. I mean, this is going. This is probably going to be the worst offensive team that we've played uh, outside of the SEC this year. So, well, think, And the other half of it is that – you mentioned the four yards at a time. The reason they're doing four yards at a time is because they don't really throw the ball. And the reason they don't throw the ball is because they suck at it, right? And what is our weak point? What is our weak point that's really plagued us all year long, right? Our secondary. It's absolutely killed us in some games. Now, you put it all in the run, I feel a lot better about our chances because our weaknesses are not going to be exploited. So I feel even better about the matchup on that front. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, it's, uh, you know, Kentucky's very much been a – kind of bend but don't break defense at, you know, keeping the ball in front of them uh, unless it was against Tennessee. But, yeah. I mean, I, th I think this is the perfect matchup for this team. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, 
I, I think, uh, you know, their, their strengths are our strengths and vice versa. So, uh, I mean, I, I think we'll be able to, to move the ball well against them. Yep. Uh, they, they, they do have a strong defense, but I don't think they've seen anybody like Chris Rodriguez yeah. in the Big Ten. I agree, and they were ranked higher than us, right? They were ranked higher than us. However, we're going in, as of the time of this recording, I believe we're a one-point favorite uh, at this point. So, I mean, we're favored to win slightly. I mean, who knows? They are ranked higher than us. But I think it's a chance to show exactly what the SEC can do as well, right? We've got two teams in the playoff, and Kentucky's on the pecking order, you know, number five or six uh, in the SEC. Let's see what we can do against, you know, a, a major school like Iowa, I'm interested to see. I think we're going to whip their ace, but we'll see how it goes. I think, <laughs> I think it's do. a perfect I, matchup I, for us. It's a perfect matchup all the way around. It is. Perfect matchup. It's an absolutely winnable game. you got the storylines. We're going to hear about Stoops playing there ad nauseum for the next couple weeks. Oh, yeah. so I'm sure they will bring it up a hundred times during the broadcast. Oh, surely uh, not. They won't milk a story for all it's worth. Either. That's not what TV does. You know that. You know better than that. Come on. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, now, I am I going next, Tyler, or are you? I'm already lost. Is it me or well, you? Well, I think we're going to do do uh, some end-of-season awards Oh, yeah, here. that's right. Okay, that's what I wanted to check on, because that's what I had next on my list, and I wanted to double-check with you. But it's been an interesting football season, Tyler. We started off on a – High of all highs, right? Come out 6-0. We go on a three-game losing streak and on a three-game winning streak. So it's like we've hit every major level here of emotion all throughout the season. We've seen some really good plays, some really bad plays, some really good games, really bad games. Overall, it's time to evaluate the entire season and give out some Lex Buddies. We need some, like, award music in there somewhere, like the Dundies. <laughs> but these are going to be the Lex Buddies. Lex Buddies. <laughs> exactly. So in our first Lex Buddy category, Tyler, I'm going to let you go on first on this one. With your okay. first award, we want to give away the award for the best game of the year. Best game of the year for UK football. Tyler, who are you giving the Lex Buddy to for best game of the year? Um, I'm going, I'm going to go once again, the beat down of U of L. <laughs> I mean, you, you would think after the last couple of years of just absolutely dismantling Louisville that it would get tiring, but it doesn't. It doesn't. I, I loved it just as much this year <laughs> as I did the last two years. It brought me just as much joy to spank them all over their home field as mm-hmm. it always does. Will Levis doing the L's down, rushing for four touchdowns, sign a score record. What a machine. Yeah. I mean, it was just a complete beatdown, and I'm always here for it. I do not feel bad for Louisville one bit. I don't want it, I don't want Louisville to even be competitive. I wish every game against Louisville could be like that, and we just blow them out for the rest of time. So I'm going best game, L's yeah. down, U of L. Nice. Well, it looks like it could go on for a long time, Tyler, because uh, Louisville is absolutely terrible right now. They've got so many problems, I don't even know where to start. But my they best thing here has got to be the Florida game. All right, We know that Florida didn't end up being the team that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. But that doesn't matter. What I'm talking about is the atmosphere at Kroger Field. The fact that it proved to our fan base that we can do that and come through because, I, you know, I think there was this thought for a long time that Com- the Commonwealth Stadium, Kroger Field, couldn't be a place that was intimidating for the imposing team. It was just your run-of-the-mill kind of stadium. And I think that game proved otherwise. It carried over into the LSU game as well. 
We absolutely destroyed them. So I think it was the linchpin in the entire season because I think everything changes if we don't win that game. It proved that we can be a scary place to play if you are an opponent. And I absolutely love the atmosphere. I felt like my TV set was shaking. The crowd was so loud. I know people at the game were like, it was shaking. It was so loud. I thought my subwoofer was going to explode listening to the game. I thought it was awesome. I'm going to Florida game on that one. I can't argue with that one. That's a great pick. Yeah. Now, next, we're going to go to best play of the year, Tyler. Best play of the year. This could be offense, defense, special teams. You name it. It could be anything. Um, I'll, how about I go first on this one? Can I go first? On okay. This All right. Um, best play of the year. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to choose from. All right. We had a pretty explosive season, but it actually happened against the Dirty Bird Cardinals, and that was Will Levis pulling the juke move, and then <laughs> totally jumping over top of the guy uh, late in the game. That was fantastic. One of the best things I've ever seen, mostly because Will Levis was so in their face with the L's down and really like flaunting it. He is Mr. L's down. And I bet Louisville fans were freaking out that that was the guy that made that particular play and should have been all over sports center. It was a thing of beauty, but he broke one guy's ankles and totally leapfrogged another. It was great. That's my favorite play easily. I agree. That that would actually be my second favorite one, but my favorite has to be by far going back to the Florida game, the blocked field goal return for a oh. touchdown. Yeah. I mean, because I, like, I was at that game, and the place was already going nuts because you get free Chick-fil-A if the other team misses a field goal. So that's already flashing on the board. People are going nuts trying to get their chicken sandwich. And then the field goal is blocked. So then people are like, whoa. And then we start running the touchdown back, and they're going, whoa, even louder. And then when it's clear that he's going to actually score a touchdown, the, the place just goes bonkers. You, 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 you could feel everything shaking. I really worried that the ground was going to fall out from underneath me. It was nuts. I've never seen or felt anything like it. It was just amazing. I mean, when when does Kentucky ever block a field goal for it? That's something that happens to us. That's never something that we do, especially to Florida of all teams. It was amazing. That's one of those that's so Kentucky football plays that didn't happen to us this time. I mean, it was absolutely perfect. The perfect, almost the perfect game, the perfect crowd, the perfect ending. It was, as Mr. Perfect would say, perfect. Mr. Perfect, a <laughs> reference that maybe 1% of our audience will get. All right, anybody that's a wrestling fan knows Mr. Perfect, one of my favorites. And let's wrap up, Tyler, with a fun one here. I'll let you go first on this one. Our last Lex Buddy Award for the football season for best or favorite football player. Tyler, this could be anybody. Again, special teams, offense, defense, anybody. And you get the first shot on this one, and I will not pick whoever you pick. All right? Who are you going Okay. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of choices here. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think the top probably three choices are all on offense. So I want to go with the guy who set the record for receptions in a season. I'm going Wandale. Wandale. I, I just like saying Wandale. Get him, Wandale. Get him, Wandale. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, just a guy that, Anytime the ball was in his hands, you were on the edge of your seat waiting for something to happen. Now, it might not happen, 
but there was always the possibility, whether it was, you know, Levis chucking the ball 50 yards downfield to him or just throwing a screen pass or a handoff, whatever it was, you knew something could happen at any given moment with Wandell. And that that type of player, we we just don't see a lot. I mean, I guess Lynn Bowden was kind of like that. Yeah. But before that, you probably have to go back to what maybe Derek Abney or, or somebody like it's that, long, to where yeah. you just you know any given moment something magical could happen. And I, I just I love it. I love love the guy. Just was dependable. I mean, even if he didn't have a monster game, you look in the in the box score and like, oh yeah, he had twelve receptions. Like, how did that happen? Crazy. Didn't have a lot of drops. I mean, just just a special special kid. For such a, for I was gonna say little guy. (laughs) He's not a little guy. He'd kick my ass. But uh, I mean, for such a smaller receiver, he was able to hold on to the ball and get rocked several times. He would hold on to the ball. They should they should nickname him Wendell because he helps us win games. Wendell, Wendell Robin. Yeah, thank you. Um, actually, Tyler, despite what you said earlier, I'm going to go with a defensive player. Oh, okay. I think if this guy isn't doing what he's doing this year, we don't win as many games. I actually think he is the difference maker in some of these games, and it's a guy that's overcome um, a lot of adversity in his career here, and really was the anchor on the defense, and I think probably made himself some NFL money this year. So between the whole story of his career and the fact that he played through and overcame so much and was such a key part of the defense, I'm going to go with Josh Paschal. I'm going Josh Paschal. The guy was relentless. He was really the only defender we had that was a threat to get the tackles for loss or a sack. You know, there was always that threat. You had to account for him, whether that be, you know, trying to go one-on-one and just praying to God that he didn't get by you or having to have two guys on him. He was able to change the way that the other team's offensive line had to play. And we didn't have a lot of those guys. So without him, you know, I don't know how far we get this season. You know, I think we had to have something. Our secondary wasn't there. Uh, you know, Mark, Mark Juan McCall and Pascal and DeAndre Square were there to help anchor things. But I think Pascal is – the one that kind of was the ringleader for all that. So I'm going to go Josh Pascal just for his performance this year and his whole story career at UK, all culminating in this year. I, again, I can't argue with that pick. Great kid and made, made some amazing plays. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that most guys can't make. So, <laughs> that would be putting another, it nicely. Another, most guys can't play. make it. Absolutely. Uh, so, Tyler, those were the Lakes Buddy Awards. Of course, we'll do the same thing after basketball season's over with. Hopefully we hand out a lot of really positive awards on basketball season. We'll have to wait for that. But uh, what we got next, Tyler? All right, yeah. Congratulations to all the Lex Buddy winners. Your your trophy will be in the mail. All right. Uh, in, in other news, football again. Mm-hmm. Mark Stoops, after some worries that he might take the job at LSU, he might take the job at Oklahoma, it appears Mitch Barnhart has locked Stoops into a contract through 2028. Yeah. So we've got Stoops for another seven years. Contract, we don't know the exact numbers yet. We've kind of heard some rumors. It's going to be, what, around six, seven million a year, which is a lot. I think it was, I think Mitch is just going to type in the word a lot, like after every, <laughs> every game made out to Mark Stoops in the amount of a lot. Yeah, how many zeros go on here? Yeah, it's, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of zeros. And then, of course, uh, he's going to get the possibility for 
every year that he gets seven wins, he gets another year extension. And every year that he gets 10 wins, gets a two-year extension. So I, I think Mark Stoops may be the, the coach here for the next 2,000 years by the time he gets all <laughs> these extensions. Brandon, are you, are you happy? I mean, I assume you're happy that we've locked Stoops up. Yes, but did, you do you think he is worth up. what we paid for him? Yep, and it's probably not – we're probably still not paying enough, to be honest. Go ahead and start building the statue now, Mitch. And you know what? Build the statue in uh, the corner of the end zone of the indoor facility where they have the track running around it. Put the, put the, tra- put the statue outside of that. Maybe put it outside of it, I should say, so Stoops can continue to use it. But that's where you need to build the statue. And you need to put Vince Merrill right next to it because if Stoops is getting paid, I guarantee you the big dog is going to get paid as well. Um you need to make sure you lock those two in. And they're like two peas in a pot. I think if Stoops is here, Merrill's going to be here because Stoops will basically say, Mitch, you break out the damn checkbook and pay the man. You know what I mean? And I think Merrill knows that. It's very rare that you have somebody that loyal to you for that long. These guys have been at UK now for 10 years. Um, It's very rare in the coaching business. And I think maybe they realize that they've kind of hit on a diamond in the rough here, like the perfect situation. You know what I mean? They can come in. Now, the expectations have changed, so I don't think people will be as excited if we keep winning six or seven games a year. I don't think that's going to be a a, a long-term thing for us. So our expectations have risen, but they haven't risen to the point to where they're out of control, you know, to the point to where Georgia runs out their previous coach because they were only winning 10 games a year, right? Or LSU kicks their coach out because, you know, it's been two years since he made the college football playoff. We're not there. It's kind of like the Goldilocks scenario, right? Not too negative, not too positive. It's just right. Lots of money, not a ton of pressure, and I'm a single guy in bourbon country. Sign me up. This is like Billy Gillespie without the karaoke. I like that. I, I wasn't expecting a, a comparison to Goldilocks and the Three Bears on our Stoops contract discussion. That's exactly uh, what it is. You know, you know, Stoops has put on quite a bit of weight, so maybe he's been eating some of that porridge from from the three bears. <laughs> We're never going to get an interview with Stoops now. Sally ruined it. I'm sorry, Mark. Damn uh, but yeah, you, you you make an interesting point about the expectations being raised. I mean, let let's just say theoretically that you know Stoops gets seven wins every year and keeps getting this one year contract extension. I mean, that, I, I don't think that's going to be good enough. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, I mean, I think he has raised the bar. I, I don't really get – I mean, I guess why we put that in there to try to keep him. But to me, seven wins, I don't even think that should be the bar right now. I mean – Whoever's negotiating it, for him has done a great job, and I would love to hire them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a, a great deal for Stoops. I mean, you, you get three wins against the crappy teams every year. I mean, throw we own Louisville. That's four wins. Vanderbilt's five. Right, right there's five guaranteed wins on the schedule right now. So all you need is two out of the last seven, and you get a contract extension every year. That's a heck of a deal for Mark Stoops. So, yeah. I mean, I can't blame him at all for taking that. One interesting thing to think about, though, is let's say even if he keeps getting those extensions, right? Let's say he wins seven games every single year and doesn't do any better than that. Although he's going to keep getting the contract extensions, if he starts feeling the pressure from the fan base and not getting the support from the fan base 
And, you know, every time he goes out and eats a steak at Malone's, people are like, go to hell, Stoops. Get out of here. We don't take your kind here. You know, when if people are living in that kind of situation, they'll go somewhere else. So I think if it got to that point, okay, he'd be like, all right, I'm good. I'm going to go to Florida State or somewhere else. But, uh, you know, for the time being, that is not the case. We're pretty happy campers as UK football fans to the point where I actually look more forward to the football games than the basketball games. And that's 100% honesty. I absolutely love watching Mark Stoops and his team play. Yeah, and and Mr. Barnhart, well, I, I will give him credit. You know, we, we criticize him for some things on here. He had to keep Stoops here. This, this was a crucial, crucial kind of make or break year. I mean, there were so many jobs that were open. <laughs> good ones, too. Like Mark a lot of good ones. And the mm-hmm. fact that we kept him here and locked him in, he may never leave. Stoops might we, we just may have him here as long as we want him here at this point. I mean, I would love he's, that. he's had the opportunities for other jobs. And I, I think this this may lead to a point of he, he he may not leave. And I would be I would be just fine with that. Yeah, it's amazing. How many coaches can you think of that started their first um, you know, their first step in their career coaching with one team and never left? That never happens. Ever, just ever. Right. So first of all, I think Stoops was lucky that he was able to get an SEC school as his first head coaching job. That's pretty rare. You know, usually you have to go off to some mid-tier, you know, mid-Atlantic conference, Sunbelt conference school or something, prove yourself for a year or two. No, he comes straight into an SEC. It's like it's laid out on a silver platter. He was handed a pile of crap from Joker Phillips and said, can you do a little bit better than this? He's probably thinking, well, geez, this is the bar. I'm going to kill it here. This is great. I mean, it was the perfect scenario. He he reinvigorated the program and was handed the keys to a perfect scenario. I like it. I agree. All right, Brandon, uh, we've got one more sports story. What what we got next? Well, Tyler, former cat Mike Edwards has made a name for himself in the NFL uh, with really being um, a lockdown defender in the secondary. He doesn't fall for a lot of fakes. Um, however, neither does the NFL because it was found out that former cat Mike Edwards was using a fake COVID-19 vaccination card, and thus has been uh, suspended for three games without pay, costing Mike Edwards almost $150,000 total for that suspension. Um, Tyler, your thoughts on uh, Mr. Edwards, and uh, what do you what do you think the penalty was appropriate? All right, so I, I, you're going to have to help me out here. Sure. What What is the benefit to getting a fake covid vaccination card i mean because it's not required i mean i guess some of the major cities are requiring it for like some restaurants and things but i mean i just flew this summer i didn't have to show my vaccine card i mean I've, i've never had to show my vaccine card to anyone what what is the benefit to taking that risk of coming up with a fake one i don't get it well there are some places where you have to I'll just say that, you know, when you're traveling a lot and let's let's face it, these guys have to travel, right? Their job is to travel all over the country and play. And they've probably been in situations where they've been asked for it or they'll be denied service. Basically. I know when we were in uh, New York city, for example, I mean, we had to show them when we wanted to basically do anything, you know, so there are certain places that do, there are some places that don't care that don't even want to know about it. They just say, come in, spend your money here, please. For the love of God, we need it. 
Um, but you know, Mike Edwards chose to go down the path of, uh, the fake cards. And there's a lot of people that are selling these, you know, if you go online, not saying that I've done it, I've actually done it the right way. Um, but you can find people that will sell these things. It's amazing. And when you look at it, the cards are about as generic as you can get. If you went to a group of fifth grade students and said, create a vaccination card for mass distribution in the United States, that's the card that we have. So we don't really have a very good digital system for anything. You know, we should have had some sort of codes like a QR code or some kind of scannable code or something like that that verifies everything. But we don't. We've got a little card that a fifth grader put together that said, I got this shot on this date. Thank you. That's all we have. So it, it's going to lead to a ton of fraud. Hopefully next time they'll figure this out. But for this go around on this particular vaccine, they've already screwed the pooch and it's too late to go back. Well, hopefully there's, there is not a next time. Hopefully there's not another, uh, you know, global virus that comes around in our lifetime. To, I'm to sure this will be the last one, Tyler. Viruses, you know, they just go away. Won't happen again. Well, you know, they, they do tend to get to go away if people get vaccinated from them. They do eventually go away. But I yeah. digress. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, just, I just can't believe somebody would be willing to risk that much money. I mean, he's he cost himself six figures for yeah. a fake vaccine card. So what? So he so he can get into the club. So he can get into to Jeff Ruby's or you know whatever steakhouse. Like, is it really worth it, dude? I just I don't get the, well, the see, uh, I, cost benefit analysis there. Well, I mean, I I get it if the, if you really have a belief on it, because let's face it, we've just seen a bunch of healthcare workers laid off because they wouldn't get it. And these people are nowhere near as well off as Mike Edwards, right? Mike Edwards has got money to blow. He misses 150 grand. He's probably like, crap, that sucks. But then you got people losing $50,000 a year jobs and that's all they got. And they're saying, nope, ain't doing it. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, I don't know. Everybody's got their own things. You know, Kyrie Irving's going through his whole thing. We've already seen the Aaron Rodgers stuff. I don't want to talk about that anymore, please, for the love of Pete, no more Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, people have strong beliefs on this stuff. Now, I think the problem was that he got the fake card. I think if you're going to have those beliefs, just own up to it and, and don't get the fake card because the fake card can actually land you in jail. You know, so yeah, he's, he's, that, he's facing – he could get a couple of years jail time for that. That's correct. It is a felony. So, I mean, you, if you believe it, that's perfectly fine. I don't care. Uh, you know, I did whatever I wanted. You can certainly do whatever you want to do, but getting the fake card was the problem. You know what I mean? It's kind of like he pulled a McLovin here. You know, he got a fake driver's license. This says you're 30, it says you're 28 years old. You know, it's, he probably had some kind of screw up like that where he got his first shot two years ago or something when it didn't exist and something else. It's probably something stupid. If Mark Edwards' vaccine card said McLovin on it, that that would be the, that'd be an all timer. <laughs> yeah, he's or, a or if he had his Is <laughs> <laughs> either McLovin yeah, gotta... or Mc... either McLovin or Muhammad. <laughs> Why is it Muhammad? <laughs> Muhammad's most common, common name on earth. <laughs> yeah, interesting story though, Tyler. I, very interesting sports segment to start off the show, and I dare say our next uh, half of the show is going to be even more exciting. But uh, as always, before we get going, make sure you check us out on Twitter at LexBuds. Uh, we're pretty active on Twitter. Would you say, Tyler? We get uh, some pretty interesting reactions on there. 
we like to give our opinions every now and then would be a nice way to put it. You can find us on Facebook, Lex Buds and Pick and Roll, uh, LexBuds.com as well. On the Instagrams, LexBuds, type in the word LexBuds on your internet connected device and you will find us. And remember to download our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a rating as well. That helps us show up uh, in more people's feeds as suggested and things like that. So the more suggestions that people get, the more likely they are to click on the show. And that helps us out. Absolutely. And and with the holiday season coming up, what better gift to share with a loved one than to share the link to Lex Buds and Pick and Roll? I mean, just, just send it to everyone you know on Christmas Day. Just just send a link to the podcast or to our, our, our Twitter account. And, and it, it will be the best gift they have ever received. <laughs> exactly. You're done for the year. No, nothing else. Nothing else. Um. But let's get into the news, Ty. There, there's some good stuff this week. All right, are you ready for this? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I'm ready. But let's let's well, do it. Okay. Right. Well, you're you're in luck. All right. <laughs> Kentucky State Representative from the Fourth District in Kentucky, Thomas Massey, um, has really set social media ablaze with his Christmas card, Tyler. Uh, I hope you've had a chance to see this, but basically it was a Christmas card with his entire family sitting down, some standing in front of a large Christmas tree with um, semi-automatic rifles in hand and a note saying, P.S. Santa, send more ammo. Uh, it has since been <laughs> commented on and shared quite a bit over the last few days. Tyler, I've, I've just got to get your opinion on this one. Uh, first of all, have you seen it? You know what I'm talking about. And number oh, two, yeah. um, your thoughts on this. Would you have sent this out? Oh, I, I've definitely seen it. I don't think you could be on Twitter or Facebook in the last couple of days without seeing it. I mean, this this one of those only in Kentucky kind of like, only in Kentucky is our rep- state representative and his entire family, including what looks like an elementary age girl sitting on the couch holding an assault rifle. Uh I I can tell you what I would like to do with the barrel of that assault rifle. Which oh, is... you're going to get us kicked off this podcast platform. <laughs> Be careful. What would you like to do with it? I I would like to stick it up <laughs> Thomas Massey's rear end is what I would oh, like to do. But I don't think I could because all the money he gets from the NRA is already pouring out of it. So I don't think there would be enough room to stick it up there. That's what I would this like. This is the do. last episode of our show. <laughs> It's been great, Tyler. I've enjoyed the last 75 episodes and on episode 76. Cheers to you too, Tyler. That's fantastic. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. It is such a a visual, visually interesting piece. If you look at it as a piece of art, because you've got these bright red and green and white colors, you know, all Christmas. Then you got these just splotches of black, right? Right there with the, with the, with the uh, assault rifles. It's really interesting. Um, My biggest issue with it, Okay, so I get the thing about having your family sitting around with guns, okay? And I have no problem if their family just actively goes out and shoots, right? If they target practice. I mean, in 4-H camp, they used to give you a gun to target practice to shoot. So, I mean, elementary age kids have had guns in the past. I remember going to 4-H camp, and they had guns, Tyler, for Pete's sake. I don't know if you ever did that or not. I, I never. So surprisingly, I never went to 4-H camp. But Yeah, well, they actually handed kids guns. So I'm used to that part. I guess my problem with it is, is that it's pandering at its worst. This is, it just is gross in my opinion. Okay. You like it? That's fine. But don't pander. This comes off as total pandering. And I don't care what the issue is. 
whether this was a Republican or, or a Democrat doing the same thing with their kind of issue. Like if uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is, I don't even know if that's her name or not. Was that sounds right. Out, okay. Was sending out Christmas cards when Trump was in office of her in front of all the kids in cages and said, Merry Christmas, uh, you know, or something like that. It's just like, just don't. Can we just have Christmas? Regular Christmas, where we all sit around and enjoy joyful things and don't interject politics or pander to our audience. I hate it when people think that I'm so stupid that they don't know I'm being pandered to. It's, it's insulting, in my opinion. I don't care that they have guns. I know it's a controversial statement, but I don't like to be pandered to. It's gross. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably my biggest complaint with it too. You know, it you know, Second Amendment, you know, fine, I, I get it. People can have guns, that's fine. I got no problem with people owning guns. But just to to turn Christmas into a political opportunity in a gun happy state, I mean, th- this this was simply a hey, remember me, I'm the pro gun candidate when the next election rolls around. I put guns on my Christmas card. And, you know, I, I'm sure this is how, you know, what, what Jesus would want to be celebrated on, on his birthday is people posing with their family members with assault rifles. I'm sure that's exactly what the intent of this holiday is truly about at its core is guns, murka. Yeah. Stop pandering. We're not stupid. In short. All right, Tyler, what we got next? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, hard, hard to start. move on from that one. It is a little hard to move on from that, but you can do it, Tyler. We're professionals. We've been doing this for a while now. But as as crazy as that one is, I, I've, I've got a story next that, that might even be a little crazier Ooh. than the, the gun Christmas card. Have you heard about the bank robbery in Georgetown last week? Now, Tyler, um, I have not heard about this, to be honest. I, I don't know where you're going with this, so you'll have to... All right. I think well, the title here, you know, when I'm looking on the list, it says ATM Georgetown, but I don't know what it's about. You have okay. To tell me. Um, and l- last I heard, th- these people are still on the loose. So if, if you're in Georgetown, be on the lookout. Uh, you know, you, you've seen on the news where people, you know, will, will steal an ATM, you know, load it onto a truck or, or whatever. And then, you know, usually they never can break into it. They right. almost always get caught. Uh, but police were called to a bank in Georgetown at 5 a.m. after someone attempted to steal an ATM with a forklift. <laughs> oh, oh, no. A forklift. Tyler, no. You're now, kidding. I, I, I want you to imagine trying to load an ATM onto a forklift, which is what these people tried to do. They, they got it onto the forklift, but didn't even make it out of the parking lot before the ATM tipped off the forklift and rolled down the hill off the side of the bank. Oh, jeez. They didn't think so, to strap it down? I, I, I guess not. Uh, so with, with all this going on, though, they still are able to go down, load it onto a U-Haul, and take out like, all this. Ha- there's a forklift. There's a U-Haul. There's an ATM. Did nobody see this, what was happening? (laughs) Um, So police are currently analyzing the video 
uh, to investigate the the incident. I would love to see that video, by the way. If, if <laughs> I hope they release it. I would give anything to see it. <laughs> Brandon, uh, what what are your thoughts on the forklift ATM thieves? Well, here's the deal. At first, I was against them knowing that they didn't think the forklift thing through properly. Not not very smart. But the fact that the security around this sucks so badly that they were able to get away with it, load it into a U-Haul, apparently just stop for dinner somewhere along the way at an Applebee's probably with some of that money. And bourbon nobody's calling. You get some of that Bourbon Street steak. Exactly. I mean, give me a break. At this point, I'm like, you know what? If we can't figure it out quickly enough, then I would just let them keep it. I mean, it's a great point. Like, is there no alarm that goes off when an ATM is uprooted out of the ground? I mean, That's I would amazing. think there would there would be some kind of security alarm on these things, but clearly not because they had the time to load it on the forklift, have it roll off of the forklift down a hill, go down the hill and load it onto a U-Haul, and as as last I read, they had still not been captured. That is quite incredible. It's embarrassing on all counts. It really is. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, like I said, if you if you can't catch these guys, then what are you doing? You know, is the camera located in the ATM thing? Like, is it because a lot of ATMs have the camera built in like overhead? Do you think that they actually stole the main camera as well? And that's why they can't find these guys? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, but then you would think it would feed to another system and they would have it recorded somewhere. You would think. But however, if the security is so piss poor already that they were able to use a forklift, it makes you wonder if they were ever recording the video or not, or if it was just a cheap piece of plastic placed in the corner and somebody said, hey, Rick, put that up in the corner. Somebody will think that's a camera. Maybe they didn't even invest in cameras. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I would just I, I just like the idea in my head of them just driving down the road on a forklift with an ATM. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> oh. How fast do you think that thing's moving? <laughs> I mean, it's like just, oh my God. I mean, can you imagine if you had just happened to have pulled up to that bank at 5 a.m. To, to use the ATM and you see somebody <laughs> lifting it up with a forklift? Yeah, that's, there's just so much wrong with that story. Though. I don't even know where to start. But like I said, if if they can't figure it out quickly enough, there's going to be a rash of forklift uh, ATM knockoffs here pretty soon. If they don't find them quick, this will happen again. Wait and see. I, I would. I'm. I'm terrified. I'll start camping out at the ATMs just to, just to watch it. I would <laughs> yeah, love you know, people to used this. to rob high speed moving trains. You know, Jesse James would you know rip off the trains while they were going down the track. These guys use a forklift that's going five miles an hour, and they uproot the ATM. I mean, this is total opposite of Jesse James. This is the Bonnie and Clyde of ATM knockoffs uh, with forklifts. It's, we could be witnessing the beginning of history here. They could be on a wild tear throughout the country. We'll have to see. Yeah, do you think if like when they took it through the drive-through lane, it's kind of like the Austin Powers where they got stuck and had, were just trying to move it back and forth to, to get it to fit through? I hope so, man. That was that's one of the best scenes of all time. Oh, geez, uh, I don't know, man. Just a crazy story, and they're still on the loose. Still, still on the loose. So if you see so, a forklift running down the road that's kind of half bent and broken, you'll know it's probably them. Yes, call the proper authorities if if you see this. Brandon, what's next? Absolutely. Well, you know, Tyler, we've seen, um, you know, recently Kentucky lay a spanking on uh, Louisville on the football field. We saw yes. that. We know Kentuckians love um, a good spanking. Well, the Kentucky <laughs> full board did pass some rules 
<laughs> to limit paddling in schools. Now, there was a law written in 1982 that basically allowed paddling in schools. However, uh, the new limits put into place are to help reduce what they call uh, trauma-inducing behavior uh, so that students are not uh, being traumatized by paddling. And they're bringing parents uh, into this a little bit more and getting them involved by basically letting them sign um, permission or at least being aware of the fact that there could be paddling in schools. There's a handful of schools uh, right now in Kentucky that are actively paddling, I guess would be the way to put it. Tyler, what are your thoughts on paddling in schools? What are your thoughts on the laws as they are written? And how do you like the fact that parents uh, are getting involved with the paddling or at least being notified? First of all, I am shocked that paddling still is a thing. Did you know it was still a thing? I, th I thought that had been banned years ago. Yeah, I, I saw like a couple of kids no get paddled in school. Um, like Did when you? I was in kindergarten, kindergarten or first grade. And that's it. That's all I ever saw. Yeah, I don't remember ever seeing it. Um, you know, and, and we're from Eastern Kentucky where, you know, three of the four uh, districts uh -huh. that allow paddling are Eastern part of the state. I, I was just blown away that one, that it still exists. And, and two, that it's <clears throat> that so many people seem to still be strong advocates for it. Um, I, I was also surprised at the requirements to give a kid a paddling, like you have to have the parent permission like so many days in advance. Um, you know, it ha has to be like administered with a witness and they're just cra crazy requirements for this. Like to me, I, I don't think paddling in school is going to be effective in part because you have to paddle the kid in like in the office, like in private. You, you, it, this has got to be like prison. If you want paddling to work, you take that kid into the gym, bring the whole school in to watch him get paddled. Oh, gee. That, 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 that's, that sends a message. So, you, so wait, Tyler, you're, you're against paddling, but you're, you're advocating for bringing the kids out in the yard like they're in prison and just whip like, uh, you know, like a gang induction or something, bringing them out to the ground. Yeah, that, 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 it, paddling itself is not going to work, but Oh, golly, you, you make a whole production out of it. The, the embarrassment alone, I think, would keep kids in line more. Uh, but yeah. but that, that being said, I'm against paddling. I don't think it should be done. Uh, I mean, I, I get if, if you're a parent and you want to give permission. But let, let me tell you this. I, as somebody who used to be a teacher, I'm not going to be the one to paddle the kid. I ain't doing it. No. And I, I feel like there's not going to be too many principals and teachers or counselors who, who are signing up for that. I'm sure they don't want to do it and don't enjoy doing it. So I, I just feel like it's why, – why are we still doing from it? A, I, I don't, I don't from get From it. a liability perspective alone, we're, we're in a sue-happy country, like a country. We like to sue people, right? You're opening yourself up to a ton of liability by putting a paddle in the hands of an employee and telling them to paddle a kid, Correct. I mean, that's a lot of liability. That leaves a lot of margin for error, a lot of room for error in those cases. From that point alone, I don't think you should do it, regardless of whether you think it's morally or ethically correct. That part alone should make you stop doing it. All right. Because one time you're getting somebody's going to go too far and your district's going to lose millions of dollars and you'll wish you had never even thought of it. Now, I wouldn't like for somebody to paddle my kids. So I'm personally against it. If somebody wants to be for it, that's perfectly fine. I'm against it. In my situation, I would rather. I would, instead of paddling, 
I would ask that the school give me five minutes alone with my kids in a locked room to say whatever I wanted to them to straighten their ass up. Sir, instead of paddling, do you mind if I come in there for five minutes? Oh, and by the way, can you blast this across the PA system during recess so everybody can hear it while they're playing uh, flag football? Because this is going to be really good. And I would embarrass the hell out of them. That's what I would do. It only takes one or two times, and it'll work. But, I mean, there are other ways to do it besides paddling. I'm sorry. Just not a good idea from a lot of different angles, in my opinion. Um, you know, parents have got to be parents. Um and step up and try to prevent these things. I know stuff still is going to happen. You know, I, you know, I had, you and I both had good parents and, you know, we did pretty well. Occasionally I got a little bit rowdy every now and then. No, but, you know, no, I don't believe no, that. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, even though that happens, you know, kids can still be a little rowdy every now and then. I just don't think paddling is the right answer from a stranger. That's the yeah, thing. That's paddling from a stranger is, is just weird. Yeah, as as a parent, I'm I'm never signing off on that. Like I, I may come down to the school and, and beat the kid myself, but no nobody else is laying a hand on my kid. That's that's nobody spanks kids but me. Exactly right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like you know when you're growing up and you've got you know the the younger brother or sister and you know you can pick on them, but you don't let anybody else pick on them. Yep, like, that's the perfect. That's perfect. You hit it right on the head. That's the thing. I'll, I'll spank my kid till they can't walk uh, for the next day, but it's somebody else. You keep your hands off, Touch. mister. <laughs> then, then we're going to have problems, but yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. It is. It's, 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 it's just fascinating to me that this is still a thing. I, I, that's the thing that surprised me the most is not that there was new legislation and requirements, but the fact that this was even still in existence, something I thought I would have thought this had gone away decades ago. I did too, man. I honestly thought it went away a long time ago. I was shocked myself. Just doesn't seem good in the long term. Somebody's going to get sued and somebody at school district's going to lose millions of dollars. Just wait. I, I don't disagree with you. Like I said, that's why I, I find, find the teacher who has to do the paddling. I'm not, I'm not happy about it. Cause it's, yep. Just takes one lawsuit. All, all you yep. have to do is be wrong one time. Yep, one, just one time getting a little too carried away mm -hmm. with with the paddle. Um, all right, well, Brandon, we've got one more story that I'm very excited about. I can't wait to hear more about this, Tyler. I've got the name of the of what you're going to say written down here, but I want you to give me the full rundown here. I'm excited. Okay, Brent, Brandon, have you ever stayed at an Airbnb? Um, I don't know if we ever not. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, no, we travel so much. I don't know, Tyler. You what, what do you mean you don't know? Tyler, have, have, I don't have know. Ever stayed, have you ever stayed at a house while you're on vacation? <laughs> I uh I don't do you, know. I don't do you think remember we have. any of your vacations. Uh, you know what's funny is uh the morning that we wake up for vacation, I ask my wife which airport we're driving to. I don't even know. I don't even know. I just need to know if I'm supposed to get on 64, go to Bluegrass Airport, or go north to Cincinnati. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so <laughs> do, do you know what Airbnb is then? I'm familiar with Airbnb, yes. Okay. All right. So, you know, Airbnb obviously has become a big thing. We use it on almost every vacation now mm -hmm. um, because we usually go on trips with my wife's family, with my, my wife's family 
we end up having like six kids, 11 people going on every trip. So it's just easier to get a house when we, when we go somewhere. You have to. Yeah. But I am very, very excited at the opportunity. There is a new listing on Airbnb. It is open for booking tomorrow, actually, for the home alone house. They are evidently, I guess it's some kind of contest because they're just opening up for a, a group of four people to come stay the night for only $25. Oh my God. And apparently, apparently Buzz is going to be there to, oh to show God. you around no the way, house. Alex. Are you kidding? There's going to be all kinds of home alone themed activities going on in the house. So I can guarantee you what I will be doing tomorrow at, I think it's 9 a.m. Uh, when when this goes open for reservations, I will be tapping refresh on Airbnb's website, trying to get into the home alone house. So Brandon, my question, would you want to stay in the home alone house and which room are you calling dibs on to sleep in? Oh man. Well, I definitely don't want to sleep on the hide bed with Fuller. (laughs) Not Uh, going to the attic, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I don't know if I want to go up to the top floor in the attic. Um, Gosh, there's so many options there, Tyler. I I don't know. You I really Buzz's, don't know. I mean, Buzz's room? I mean, Buzz's room was cool. Um, I wonder if they're going to like retrofit it to look like some of the rooms. You know, because the parents' bedroom looked really nice. It had that red sheet set on it when he's jumping up and down and eating the popcorn and stuff. That looks amazing. Um, I hope that they have a late-night viewing of Angels with Filthy Souls. Um, playing <laughs> that would be great where you could sit around, eat popcorn and ice cream, ice cream, and hear somebody say, Keep the change, you filthy animal. Yeah, I'm great. eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I hope the old man that they thought was killing people and putting them in barrels is there. The old man that uh, was shoveling and putting oh, salt yeah. in the driveways. What a great movie! Brings back such a great time in my life. Would I love to stay there? Heck, yes, I would. I would love it, and I would probably either pick Buzz's room or the parents' bedroom. Yeah, I, th- I think you got to go parents' bedroom just because of what you said. If it's still looking like exactly like it did in the movie, to sleep on that big king size bed with the with the red and green sheet, I mean that's it. Just looks. Some, I, I would get the best night's sleep ever. Yeah. Uh, have you ever noticed how that entire house is red and green? Literally everything. The, yeah. the the wallpaper is red and green. The sheets, the pillows, the very nineties kitchen appliances, everything. It, it looks like Christmas threw up in that house. And I hope yeah. I would hope if I stay there, it would look exactly the same. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be hitting refresh with you tomorrow, Tyler. This is big news. This All is right, big. Let's, news. Let, let, let's let's make a deal. If either one of us gets it, we we have to take the other one with us. Okay, that's the deal. That right, is so, the deal. So now we have just doubled our odds uh, of getting the Home Alone house. I like what we've done here. I really like what we've done here, Tyler. This feels like a very positive move to me. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm jacked up, dude. I'm ready to roll on this thing. Ready to roll. This yes. Be awesome. All right. So uh, yeah, don't bother me at work tomorrow while I'm booking the Home Alone house, please. What time? Well, I don't even want. We'll talk about it afterward. People can find out themselves. Let's. That's right. We, we, <laughs> we actually we probably shouldn't have talked about this because now people are going to hear this and, and try it, to get it. Why don't we, we put this in the show? We've decreased our chances. Ugh. 
Well, that's okay. It's totally oh. worth it though, because this uh, cool story brings back a great time in my life. I mean, when I was eight years old, great time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If anybody listening wins, you could just bring me and Brandon with you to the home alone house. Makes sense to me. Why Makes not? Sense to me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah home, home Alone is, in my opinion, the best Christmas movie outside of the Christmas story. I, I'm still partial to a Christmas story. Yeah. But I think Home Alone is the one that I can just watch over and over and not get tired of it. Yeah. So many moving parts. The Wet Bandits, for Pete's sake. I mean, I love the Wet Bandits. When Marv comes back out in the van, he's got that grin on his face. <laughs> and he's like, you did it again, didn't you? And he's got that grin like, you, you did the thing again. And he, he left the water running in the basement. Yep. It's great. Everybody has their calling card. The Wet Bandits. <laughs> you're, you're just sick. It's a sick thing to do. <laughs> I love very underrated scene when he's got that smile on his face. It's great. Uh, Tyler, very interesting show. I don't know how we could have covered such a random set of topics in one show, but we managed to do it. And we ended on a very happy ending here with Home Alone. Uh, you know, we moved on from the paddling and the forklift ATM stealing and the AR brandishing family on their Christmas cards and people using fake vaccine cards. We managed to end on a good note, and I feel good about that, Tyler. It's a good episode, and I hope everybody remembers. Go on Twitter to check us out at LexBuds and type in LexBuds into your internet machine, Tyler, because this one was definitely worthy of a view or a listen. Yeah, thank you so much again for listening. Give us a follow on our social media. We would love to talk to you and hear from you and Tell us your opinions of the forklift driving, ATM stealing, Georgetown <laughs> bank robbers. Maybe yeah, it was absolutely. the Wet Bandits. Maybe it was Marvin Harry that did, that stole the ATM. Maybe it was Marvin Harry. It could have been. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if it was the Wet? Wouldn't that be funny if the entire scene was wet? Like they just dumped buckets of water everywhere, and it was the Wet <laughs> Bandit, you know, all over again. But definitely a fun episode, Tyler. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it, and we will see all of you on the next episode. Stay classy, Kentucky. Almost. Almost. That was close. Man, that Home Alone house sounds awesome. That sounds killer.
Yeah, I wonder how many people are going to be on their web 